Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Our first scripture reading today comes from Acts chapter 7, verses 55 through 60. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 2. This will be the basis for the sermon. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner. And a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In more than 30 years of ministry, I have seldom mentioned Mother's Day from the pulpit. I learned in my first year or two of ministry that Mother's Day can be a subject of great pain for some women. There are women who never married and consequently never got to fulfill their dream of being a mom. There are those who have recently lost a mother. There are mothers who have lost children. There are other women who have experienced infertility. 
As our society has become more open about so many things, we are sensitive to those whose dreams of motherhood have remained unfulfilled. However, today, moms everywhere need a big shout out. Even in 2020, it is my experience that most women work outside the home and also carry the majority of the burden for managing the household. Now, this is not true in every home, but in many homes. In these days of pandemic, we have added yet another job to mothers, that of teacher, homeschooling, and 24-7 caregiver, as well as the need to fit their professional life somewhere in the mix of meeting the current crisis of a child. I don't know how you mothers are managing. I'm past those days, and this, these few months I've been thankful to be past those days. I trust that you manage by the grace of God. I want to vir offer a virtual hug to mothers everywhere and a happy Mother's Day to all the moms who have stepped up in this pandemic, to those who are keeping their children learning happy and safe, to those who are trying to find a new way to experience just a little bit of joy every day, to those moms who are guiding teenagers and missing graduations, to those moms who are not sure what's going to happen in the fall when it's time for their young people to fly the nest and go off to college. To those women who are missing a gathering today with their own mothers, and for those who have recently lost mothers, I also offer support, love, and prayers. In fact, if I had a glass, I would raise a toast to mothers, every, to women everywhere who are brave and strong and resilient and who keep our church, our community, our economy, and our families moving forward with large and small acts of kindness and nurture. Thank you. Thank you to all women. Thank you very much. In these days of quarantine and pandemic, there are new demands placed on other community organizations as well as on families. Teachers have had to learn new skills in terms of e-learning. Pastors have had to learn new skills. Trust me, they do not teach you how to preach to an empty sanctuary in seminary. And people everywhere are reaching their breaking point, as is evidenced by the protesters, by the increased calls to suicide hotlines, by the ever-growing need for mental health professionals, and by the simple sense of anxiety that fills so many of us on a daily basis. In the midst of the protesters that we see on TV and in the newspaper who are demanding the right to go back to work, people are also demanding the right to go back to church. 
Some churches have remained open in other parts of the country. However, most churches, like ours, have learned new ways to offer worship, to offer sacraments, to offer opportunities for meetings. Oh yes, Presbyterians can always figure out how to meet. And to offer opportunities for learning. When I see protesters with signs that say things like, you can't keep us from church, or pictures of women kneeling in front of their cathedrals saying the rosary in hopes that the priest will open the doors of the church, I realize that some of us, maybe many of us, suffer from a lack of understanding of what it means to be church. Do you remember the children's rhyme, the hand play, where you link your fingers and put your thumbs and you say to the children looking, here are the doors, here is the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. Perhaps we would be better served by instead emphasizing the children's song that says, the church is not a building, the church is not a steeple, the church is not a resting place, the church is the people. Even in this time of quarantine, when we cannot come into our buildings to worship, when people are saying, you can't keep us out of church, we are the church. Those protesters are correct in a way different from the way I think they intend to be correct, in that you can't keep us from church because we are the church. It is the whole people of God that make up the church, not the building. Yes, I know we long to be in this beautiful and familiar place, but without it, we are still the church. This is clear in the second chapter of Peter's letter to the churches in Asia Minor. You may remember that when I preached on 1 Peter a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the fact that these churches in Asia Minor, which is today part of Turkey, are largely made up of Gentiles and women, people that were already on the periphery of society. Now they have converted to Christianity, and instead of life being easier, life has gotten even harder. They've been pushed farther to the outskirts of their society. They are mocked and they are ridiculed. And this letter is written to them to tell them, to remind them what it means to be a faithful member of Christ's community. The verses that I read this morning are a pep talk. Remember who you are. Remember to who you belong. Don't give up, even in this time of suffering and struggle. Regardless of your circumstances, you are called by God to live in certain ways. The writer urges the people to come to Jesus. 
He defines Jesus as a living stone, the cornerstone, as it were, that upon which the building is built. But he's not talking about a brick and mortar cornerstone or a brick and mortar building. It is we who are the bricks, who are living stones, who build the church together. The writer reminds the people that even though Jesus was rejected by people, he remained precious in God's sight. And we are precious in God's sight. Think about that for a minute. Let yourself feel precious. We are precious to God. Even when we put on those face masks and people can't tell whether we're happy or sad, we are precious to God. When we are afraid to go into the grocery store, we are precious to God. Even as we practice social distancing and aren't sure about what is polite in these days of pandemic, is it still okay to say hello to a stranger if you're wearing a face mask and standing six feet apart? Even as we learn new rules about how we're going to live safely going forward, we are precious to God. Like Jesus, we are the living stones, and we build upon that cornerstone, Jesus. We build upon him to make up the church, not a brick and mortar building, but people united in a common goal. As living stones, we will follow the pattern of Jesus' life. We will live with grace and compassion. We will practice mercy towards others. Following Jesus' way does not call for a church building. Consider how Jesus worked. He was outside. He was on the hillside, he was in the fields, he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he was in a boat. Rarely, rarely do we actually find Jesus in the temple, in the building. He shared meals and healed the sick outside in the open air or in the home of someone else. And while building is important in this day and age because it gives us a place to gather, a place to actually feel like we all belong together, it's not what makes us church. We are being kept from our building in these days of quarantine, but we are not stopped from being the church. We are chosen and precious. We are a royal priesthood. Given our identity then as living stones and a royal priesthood, what do we do in this time of pandemic when we are more or less alone in our own places? How do we live as Jesus lived? How do we witness to being the church when our buildings are empty? 
The first thing I will suggest to you is that every morning and every evening, before you go to bed, before you get started with your day, you look in the mirror and you remind yourself that you are precious and chosen by God. Sometimes days are long and boring. We feel as though we're becoming dull with the sameness of it all. But we are not dull. We are not empty of meaning just because we can't do all of our usual social activities. No matter what is going on around us, we are invited to live as the precious and chosen ones of God, as the royal priesthood. And there are so many examples of how all of you are doing that and how others around us are doing that in these days. In this congregation, there are many people who are sewing masks. Some of you have created over 100, over 100, 200 masks and given them away freely to those who need them. I got an email the other day from someone in our church who had been sewing masks and she was desperate because her sewing machine had given out and she wanted to know if I knew anybody that could fix it in this time when all the sewing shops are closed. People in our congregation and in other congregations are feeding the hungry. Every Tuesday night, a group of people leave from this church, from our parking lot, with cold cereal, cold breakfast foods, and bag lunches. They go to a local restaurant where they pick up 60 to 65 hot meals. And then, in small groups, they travel to local hotels where they feed PADS guests an evening meal. Over 40 of you have donated to our community fund, whether out of your stimulus check or out of some other extra pocket that you may have. Over 40 of you have done that to the tune of over $20,000. This is a fund that we have established to help people pay their bills, especially to help any of you pay your bills during this difficult time when you have experienced maybe a job loss or a reduction in income. Just this week, I offered to do a well-being call to one of our members who found out that um, they had the coronavirus. And they live alone, and they were feeling anxious. And I said, how about if I call you in the morning and in the evening and just offer a brief prayer and just check to make sure you're okay. That, that suggestion was welcomed by, with open arms and I have to tell you that the first morning that I did that, I actually felt better and I hope the other person did as well. But it made me feel so much more at peace. I was acting as a living stone there are opportunities for all of us to be living stones in these days. Pick up the phone and call someone from church. 
It doesn't matter how well you know them. People are hungry for that kind of contact. Write a note. All of this talking in front of an empty congregation and being taped on camera has desensitized me to how I look on camera. Prior to this, I had never, I mean never, watched myself on a camera. But now that I'm somewhat desensitized, I plan for Mother's Day to send a personal taped greeting to some of my family and friends, wishing them a happy Mother's Day. We asked you all to send in uh, brief tapes of yourselves passing the peace, whether single or with families or having your children do it. It's not that hard, and it's another way to be a living stone to bring a measure of God's love and grace and mercy into someone else's life. Simply wearing a mask can make you a living stone because we don't wear the mask for ourselves. I know there are people that are unhappy about having to wear a mask, and honestly, I have to fight a feeling of suffocation the whole time I have that mask on. But wearing a mask is a Christian responsibility in this day and age. It's a Christian duty because it protects our neighbors. And what is the greatest commandment? to love God and love your neighbor. Now, I do not mean to suggest that it's easy to carve a meaningful identity as a Christian today, particularly in times of pandemic. It's not easy to be a living stone. The pep talk in 1 Peter, however, transcends time and place and speaks to us just as it spoke to the earliest Christians. In many ways, like the young Christians of Asia Minor, our faith is relegated to the edges of society. As a society, we've lost our moral center. We no longer hold a common set of beliefs, a common set of ethics or principled living that guides us, that governs our daily life. Some people, particularly younger people, have stopped identifying themselves as Christians because the name can become synonymous with judgment and haters and people who think they are better than others, people who think they know more about the will of God than others. Even when I was a kid, a hundred years ago or more, I was often called a goody two-shoes by friends because of my high level of activity in the church, because I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't like wild parties. I was open about my belief in God and about following the way of Jesus. We live in a real world, and our real world is in peril. I know you've noticed that. It needs us. It needs the royal priesthood, the living stones. 
Our world desperately needs us to bear witness to the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. We are precious and chosen as God's own people. We are empowered through Christ to sing, to dance, to live joyfully, to protest against wrongs, to set a guard for living a principled and moral life. In all of our seasons of life, we are called to be these living stones, no matter how young we are or how old we are. Even and especially in this time of pandemic, we are called to the work of being living stones. God, the cornerstone, the living stone, claims us. Therefore, we are the ones that send the message of hope in the midst of suffering and disappointment. We remind others and ourselves that God has not forgotten us or rejected us or turned away from us. Indeed, God shows us in this Easter season that through the resurrection, death has been overcome and that every day there is another death that we are called to overcome together. There is work to do. There is life to be lived. There is hope. There is reason for celebration. Once we were not a people, but now we are God's people. Once we had not received mercy, but now, now we have received mercy. We are the ones precious and chosen who make known the mighty acts of the God of light in the midst of a world that is dark. We are the hope, precious, chosen, a living hope. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.